Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,999. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in New Cannon, Connecticut, on the other side of the United States with a very special guest by the name of Matthew Ivanhoe. Matthew, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I certainly hope so. Otherwise, I might stall. Yeah, don't do that. That'd be a bad start. I don't think that's going to be a problem for a guy like you. You've been around so many cool cars. Before I give you a uh, proper introduction and we talk about a very fun business that you've created in the market which is kind of on fire right now what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you matthew um and there are quite a few things that people don't <laughs> know about me but uh i guess i'll just go with go with a couple of things i'm a um delinquent watch fanatic and i uh i love japan really? uh, japan is a is a place that is near and dear to my heart and prior to covid i was i was there very frequently, usually on average, probably once every you know, once every two months. Wow! I still do a lot of business there. It's obviously been a little bit more challenging given the travel restrictions that are that are now in place. Right. But culturally, there's it's just a, such a fascinating, rich place that's really just in, in, inspiring and very, very exciting to me. So I would certainly take every single opportunity I could to go and have bought a lot of cars out of there. I've done a lot of business there and I jump at any opportunity I have to do so. Well, this is cool. Well, of course, watches and cars seem to go together. A lot of car yeah. enthusiasts love watches and I think it has a lot to do with the mechanical nature, but I think you and I are going to get along because guess what? I was made in Japan. Oh, wow. So I've got a little bit of affinity to Japan. Now, the last time I was in Japan, sadly, was, was well, I hope so. <laughs> Although some say, well, that was back when the stuff in Japan wasn't so good. But I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. You know, last time I was in Japan was a long time ago. Mm. And while I was there, I got to visit the Matsuda collection. Ah. That was a pretty substantial collection. And I remember sitting in a green Ferrari GTO that I believe was raced by Moss. And I've seen that on the lawn at Pebble since then. Back then, of course, the Japanese culture and the Japanese love for cars and the economy was a bit flip-flopped. And then, of course, as you know, everything went the other way and, and uh, things in Japan uh, fell apart a little bit from a financial standpoint related to the U.S. But the car culture there is still very deep and very rich, right? That is that is absolutely correct. And, and they're just, there's so many different micro segments of, of the car culture there that are just so, so deep, so rich with people who are incredibly, incredibly passionate and dedicated to that one that that one area, which to me is fundamentally Japanese. And I think that's probably one of the things that I enjoy and appreciate most about the culture overall is an unyielding dedication to the perfection of one thing. As as someone who if, if I if I were to do the same thing every day, I would I would lose my mind. The the thing <laughs> 
the thing that I, I love about my job is that every day I'm, I'm up and I'm doing something, I'm doing something different. And I'm, you know, each, each car is different. I, I don't, not, certainly nothing against the guys who do this, but I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who has dedicated my life to just selling and researching Porsche 911s or Corvettes or anything like that. I'm, you know, each, the things, I, the things that I deal in and specialize in are inherently, each one is inherently different. So being somewhere where culturally it is uh, desirable to focus on the perfection of one thing is really fascinating and inspiring, and I and I enjoy it very much. Very cool. I remember the um, publishers of Car Magazine out of Japan sent a photographer over and uh, did an interview with me in my garage and actually a picture of my wife and I in our garage way back when. I've got that issue somewhere around here. I kept it. Uh, it was kind of a fun thing that they did. And you look at the culture there and my relationship, which I was a tiny little baby, so I don't remember any of it, but my parents lived there for a while. Uh, I've always wanted to go back. So one of these days, I'm going to get back to Japan. When I was there before, a friend of mine, Kinji Yoshino, who's actually a distributor of Citron car parts out of Seattle. Mm. Now, that's an interesting mix. Uh, but Kinji used yeah. to work with me in my previous job. He went with me over there, and it was really nice having somebody who was born and raised in Japan take you around Japan. Very helpful. Yeah, very cool. And I'll tell you, we ended up at a go-kart track after a day of looking at people's collections. And that night we were invited by the track owner to have dinner. And we were sitting there and I said to him jokingly, you know, I was made in Japan. And he looked at me like, what, do you, what does that mean? And I told him the story and he said, well, where did your parents live? And I said, Prefecture Anami Rankin. And he said, well, that's where you are right now. And I went, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> I've ended up back where I started having dinner at a go-kart track with car fanatics in Japan. So the world is small in many ways. That's a full circle. Fun story. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into your world here, Matthew. Matthew Ivanhoe is the founder at The Cultivated Collector, where he spends countless hours scouring the globe for rare and investment-grade exotic vehicles to acquire for his showroom and for his customers. He buys and sells some of the most exotic vehicles available while fostering client and industry relationships. He's found desirable classics from Enzo-era Ferraris to a complete lineup of modern Ferrari supercars, Aston Martins, Porsches, BMW, Jaguars, and many other marks. You'll see Matthew on Concours events cultivating unique vehicles and shining the light on often forgotten or maybe misunderstood vehicles, leveraging significant industry experience to place them back on the map alongside other automotive greats where these forgotten legends rightfully belong. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors, so please give them a little business and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV, rain, and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order, plus 
Free shipping, that's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code YA21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Matthew. So we're back. So I would love to learn the story of how you got into this career you have and you created and founded the Cultivated Collector. So take us a walk back through time of how this all came to be. So this will start from the very, very beginning where I was born a absolutely consumed, obsessed car fanatic. (laughs) I was just inconsolably um obsessed from from day one i i yeah ask either one of my parents and they'll they'll tell you that it was all it was all i talked about it was all i I thought about at the age of i was i I spoke rather early and at the the ripe age of two i would i would run around saying you know ferrari testarossa with going doors which and i would say it the way i say it now which of course we both know is uh, (laughs) i think correct the testarossa obviously did not have going doors i you know clearly confused with the lamborghini countach but in your mind they did (laughs) yeah exactly it was yeah but you know I think I think that I get some credit for two-year-old me being able to say those things yeah, the way that little. I'm able to say them today. <laughs> you think? Yeah. So I was I was just consumed with it, and a law partner of my dad's and a gentleman who's been a, a mentor for me got me a internship when I was 12 years old working for his car guy, car dealer who specialized specialized in Enzo we Ferraris. And I worked with I worked with him. I learned I learned a great deal. And by the time I was sixteen, I and had the ability to drive drive cars myself. I started buying and selling you know early hand built BMW M cars, E thirty M threes, E twenty four M sixes, E twenty eight M fives. Those were those are my specialty. And I was I was you know, buy them, clean them up, and sell them back back when they were just you know used cars that had a quirky that had a quirky enthusiast following and i then went to university went to nyu graduated had an internet startup exited you know had a successful uh, successful exit there and then bought 50 percent of a business called collector's car garage which was a very large exotic and classic car storage facility metaphorically literally cleaned it up and sold uh, sold my interest uh, sold my 50 percent interest there that 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 wound up working out pretty well, and 
opened, cultivated in 2017 because when I was at the old place, I had begun doing, you know, buying and selling cars for clients because that was a that that was really what I knew, what I loved, and that was the part of the business that I wished to dedicate myself to. Nothing wrong with storing cars. It's a perfectly decent business, but chasing down weapons grade investment investment, you know, what weapons grade classic and exotic cars on a daily basis definitely gets me out of bed in the morning. And that's yeah. Yeah. yeah so well, that's what I wanted to do, and here I am. Well, and here you are. You know, this is pretty cool. Like looking at your website this morning, and uh, just to give you listeners a little flavor of some variety here uh, uh, at the Cultivated Collector website. There's a '93 XJ220 Jaguar, a '74 365 GTB4 Berlinetta, uh, Boxer, Ferrari, a 2002 Z3M Roadster, one of my favorites. Uh, the Roadster. So you know, you've got a variety of things from very exotic, very expensive expensive to what I would call affordable, fun cars and up and rising collector cars. There's a couple other Ferraris, a 365 GTC, a 330 GTS. Oh, and a 944 Turbo, but it's a cup car. That's pretty special. Very interesting history on that one. Oh, very, gosh. Best, best history of any of any cup car you've ever seen. It was a former part of the Drendel collection. Very, very Oh, good car. okay, yeah. And then some very unique cars like a Lancia Appia Sport Zagato, 61, and a 212 Export Vignale Cabriolet Ferrari, a 51. I mean, oh, and a Lamborghini 400 GT. I mean, you're, you're playing in some very rarefied air. Does that seem to be what you love the most, albeit at the same time, you do have what I would call affordable cars. So the normal guys like me that maybe can't step up into the very high end luxury end of cars still have plenty of things to look at and see and, and buy from you to either start collections or just go out and drive and have fun in a unique car. Yeah. I mean, for, well, so for, for me, first off, I want to say that cool is cool. I don't care if something is $20,000 or $20 million. If it's cool and interesting and has special design, you know, heritage, engineering, I'm probably going to find something I like about it. And as long as the car is of cultivated caliber, you know, in investment grade caliber, namely, you know, it's, it's got to be something that's a really, really top, you know, top flight example, then I'm certainly going to take an interest in it. And I'm going to try and take a swipe at it. And the other thing I'll say is that what you see online is the tip of the iceberg. There are many other things that I have do and deal in that are not on my website. So I always encourage people to have a regular dialogue with me. I really like, I really prefer working hand in hand with people to get to cut to the core of what really, really excites them. A lot of times people think that think that they want something when they really, what they really are after is something else. And I find it immensely gratifying to get, to get there. And as a result, you know, I, so I put up, I put up certain things and then other things I keep a little bit, a little bit more in the back pocket. And, you know, I have some pretty, some pretty interesting stuff at, at any given time. You know, I have like right, you know, right now I have a, uh, I have a, a Porsche Carrera GT. I have a, a you know, Ferrari F40, a, um, a Jaguar XJR15, uh, you know, on and on, you know, some, 
some really, really special stuff that I kind of keep off on the side. And um, not, not to say that the things that are online are not special. They're all incredibly special. I just, there has to be a little bit of magic sauce there for, <laughs> uh, for people to want to, for people to want to dig deeper on, you know, that every, everyone likes something that they can't see. Well, this is something that I always suggest to people. If you love old cars is make, create relationships with people like Matthew and stay in touch with them because Things change over time, and we're going to talk about the market in a second here, but people's situations change, uh, their loves, their passions change. They may be lusting after a certain vehicle, and then they go take it for a drive, and they say, well, I guess the fantasy was better than the reality. That isn't really what I want. But the fact that you create these relationships with people like you, Matthew, is, is how you can find unique cars, or you plant seeds in Matthew's mind and say, you know, I'm thinking about this kind of car, let me know, or I'm thinking about selling one of my cars. But I'm not quite ready, but maybe you got the right buyer that comes along at the right time where everything lines up from a a wish list or a fantasy list or a financial list. But let's talk a little bit about the market because you are in the market very tight. I'm someone of a a voyeur viewer, I guess you should say, of the market. I sit back and I look at what's been going on the last couple years, and we're in another one of those very steep curves where cars are selling for very strong numbers. And even cars that I look at and I go, Really? Like I just saw bring a trailer, a 944 Turbo so for over $100,000. I hadn't seen too many of those. Now that cup car you have is very special and different than that. But what I would call a regular, albeit low mileage, 944 Turbo for over hundred grand. i am like, hmm, this is interesting. So here's my question for you, Matthew. What is mm-hmm. going on? Who are buying these cars? Some of them aren't really that special, but they're selling for very inflated prices. Why? What's going on? So I guess I want to just take a step back and say that we are, you know, I've, I've been, do, I've been doing this for a while. And furthermore, I am an avid student of history. I really try and understand what's come before because without that, it's a little difficult to understand where we're going. And as a result, I try and study the, the collector car market really as far back as it's as it's gone, you know, I, I try and have, as you know, I have old catalogs and results from things, go, you know, from things going back as far as the 1960s in terms of what, in terms of what things, you know, were selling for, where, you know, where, where interest was, et cetera. And what I will say is that in the time that I've been doing this, which has now been a while, I mean, from the time of my first internship, that's, you know, over 20 years, you know, that's close to 25 years ago mm-hmm. to now. I have never seen nor experienced anything like what's going on right now. That's a that's a big statement. Wow. And what I'll say is different. I mean, obviously we've been through other periods of of a you know of, of strong appreciation. You know, 2012, 2015, you know, 2015 slash 16 was, was a big one. There was a, you know, another big run up that happened between really it was 2002 and and 2008. The, of course, the massive run-up that happened in the mid-late 80s that then resulted in a huge crash in the early 90s. There was then a bounce back after that that was a little bit more deliberate. The And, and the, the run-up that happened in the 80s is still unprecedented in the rate that, that it, of, of appreciation. But what I will say I've never seen the likes of is like for example, in the late '80s, you you were seeing cars appreciate over you know over the span of only a couple of years. So there were cars that were going up 10x, but it was fueled entirely by speculation from people who were borrowing money. 
And what's happening right now is I, I'm seeing fever for certain types of cars. It's, it's not across the board, but for certain types of cars, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a hunger slash fever for cars amongst the general population that I've never seen before. But what is different this time around is that everyone is running around with cash in hand to buy cars. Yeah, it's not guys who are taking you know who are taking notes to go buy stuff. It's not leverage money. It's cash, which is without getting into what's happened in you know, the broader economic environment, that's what's causing it, in my opinion, is you know, the amount of liquidity that's been pumped into the financial system. But everyone has money and everyone is spending it in places that they want that that they want to spend and hard assets are attracted to a lot of people. And it's not it's not just cars, it's in pretty much every single category of alternatives. Yeah. Whether it's you know, wa- you know, watches, wine, art. Ca- you know, cars. It's happening everywhere, and in some cases, it, the the instances of collectible, uh, the appreciation of collectibles is even more extreme in other categories than it is in the car market. Mm. There is no hiding from the fact that certain cars have gone up aggressively, and there is a ton of cash chasing a, a very small number of cars. And unlike other times, there just aren't p- people just aren't taking the bids. You know. In terms of in terms of getting cars, that that that's actually the, the biggest challenge right now is just getting cars. And in 2012, 2015, the last you know the last big run up, it wasn't that challenging to to find someone who would be willing to take a huge bid on their car. This go around, in many cases, I just I can't find people who are willing to take a bid. You know, people just aren't selling, yeah. which just creates further you know further upward pressure on the price. It's, which I mean is is good for good for people who own the cars. It makes you know makes the market it makes the market feel you know feel and appear very strong. But it's a fascinating dynamic and one that while there are obviously similarities to other run-ups, the thing I'll say that is very different this time around is the sheer volume of cubic dollars. And and when I say cubic dollars, I mean actual actual cash on hand, not borrowed money that's running around chasing cars there you go well the old basic economics 101 supply and demand there you go uh, and you add you add like yeah. you say the people who have the cash to buy yeah it's uh it's pretty amazing pretty phenomenal and uh of course the challenge is if you have a very unique car something special uh and you want something else and you sell it that something else is going to cost a whole heck of a lot more as well. So you're, uh, it's not like you're going to... There are some deals out there to be found, and I hear about them from time to time, but that's very cool. Let's take a short break yeah. and thank our sponsors. We come back, I want to talk a little bit about some challenges in the industry or in your business. So keep that thought in mind. We'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's Autogeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, 
restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about this, Matthew. A big challenge that you face along the way in your industry. You know, in the in markets, they ebb and flow, and that's one thing, of course. We talk about economic situations where things are very challenging to sell cars or buy cars. Is there something that you came up against in your career? But the more important part of this is, what did it teach you so you can move forward in a very positive way? So, I mean, there there. I'd like to I'd just like to say there in this business there are, there are, there are always challenges and you know obviously right right now the biggest challenge I have is is getting getting high quality inventory at a, at a number that is remotely sensible but that's yeah. that's a, we call that a good problem yeah so you know the thing that I, I would say that was a big challenge for me was when I started cultivated I really wanted it to be a different place where collections were able to where where it would, there was a focus on building building collectors and building people's involvement in the hobby and fostering deeper understanding of the cars themselves as opposed to just the blocking and tackling of buying and selling cars you know there there are plenty of guys out there who do that and there is certainly nothing wrong with that but i wanted to go a little bit deeper so starting this place and I did it in the midst of a of a deflationary period if not a you know best case scenario a stagnant period in the car market you know there as I was saying earlier there was a huge run up between 2012 2015-16 and I opened cultivated in 17 so I opened this place where thing where you know numbers that had been going up a lot year over year were now going down a little bit or were stagnant and just you know the bit the bid asks just weren't playing. So doing that while also focusing on the things that I loved that I wanted to do, which was taking things that were fundamentally magnificent and really really special, but that had been kind of forgotten about and putting them into the hands of the right people and then working together to generate awareness around these slightly forgotten cars doing all that at the same time it was a lot of work it was it required an immense immense amount of dedication boots on the ground talking with people getting people into what i was doing it took a lot of rejection and it was a years and years of of work that's really only started to pay dividends in the last year. You know, this industry requires a lot of trust. And you think about people buying and selling, even collector cars. And I've heard some people say this is, 
Well, they're just a used car salesman. Now, I know that just burned your ears up right off your head, but I think you know what I mean. There are some people in this industry that are just that. And there isn't a passion yeah. behind it. And many times there isn't a trust. It's just about how much money can I make on this one? And they move on. This industry requires, I think, a couple things. People like you that are immensely passionate about these vehicles, number one, and people that are honest and straightforward. And you can trust that you're buying something that not only is what is represented, but it is a, a good value at some point in some way, whether that means the best price possible or the best car that you can afford at the time or the fact that it is really a good quality car, that takes time to build. You don't just come out and say, I'm going to be all these things. And you are. People have to build that trust in who you are, right? Of course. And there's a really specific example of that that I can give where one of the cars that I champion and I would say I, I've I've become known for is the the Jaguar XJR15, which is for 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 those who don't know know what that is, which you would certainly wouldn't be blamed for not knowing what it is because it's a very very rare car, very unique, yeah, very very unique car. It it is in essence a road going version of the car that Jaguar won Le Mans with in 1988 and 1990, which was you know the Jaguar XJR9 and XJR12, and so it is a fully carbon fiber V12 powered hypercar that is insane to drive. And if you do drive it, it is one of the most raw, visceral, intense cars that you could, that you will come across. It's absolutely incredible. It was the world's first fully carbon fiber car. It was designed by Peter Stevens, who designed the McLaren F1. And to boot, brand new in 1991, it was $982,000 yeah. in 1991 dollars. <laughs> insane, man. insanely expensive. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And those cars had been forgotten, and and I had always loved those cars growing up. And early on, it, it, I wanted to focus on building the profile of those cars. And since then, I've done that. I mean, there were only twenty, you know, the twenty road cars produced. I've transacted ten. Wow! And which I think my my numbers are pretty good there. You and think? Yeah, one of the no kidding. First, the thank you. So the second guy who I sold one to, which he and I have since done a lot of business. You know, he's. I was telling him, like, look, this is an incredibly, incredibly special card. I'm breaking down all the reasons why, all the reasons why one should focus on something that is this rare and this special. And at the end of the day, I had to finally say to him, hey, listen, man, this car is going to perform for you. There are other things that you've wanted, that you've bought from me, that I believe in that are great cars, but I am saying stand on me. I will not let you down. Spend your seven figures with me and I won't let you down. And it was pulling teeth. It was really difficult. And I just had to keep saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. And man, it was, it was a fight. And <laughs> he bought it. Last month, I bought that car back for 50% more than he paid me for. Yeah, there you go. So, and that was, that was over, that was over a two year period. And you know, I said, I said, to yeah, him, I said at the nice, end of it, a I was nice like, game. Hey, like, hey, man, you're you're a finance guy. How many big moves have you put to your investors that have returned 50 percent returns over that two year period? And he goes, honestly, nothing. Yeah. And I said, there, there, you, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And it takes a while to build to build that trust, to build the track record. And um, it's something that you have to work at every single day. And you're not going to be perfect. You know, I just there'll always be one or two things 
that don't work. And it's the old, you know, don't judge me on my winners, judge me on my losers. But, you know, there, there's just a, there's a lot, there's a lot of time involved in building a track record and, 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 and all that. And, um, it's something that I've real that I, I, I work hard for every day. It's really started to pay dividends over the last, you know, over the last couple of years where some of the things that I've, that I've championed are getting their due finally. And it's really, really rewarding to see that. Pretty special car, six liter V12. I mean, it was a light car around 2,300 pounds, just wonderful, wonderful model. I'm going to be your car psychologist today. Okay. This is kind of a unique question, but I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit, but I want you to really dig deep and think about the man in the mirror, (laughs) not what you want to be, not what you love. It's more about who you are. If you are manifest as a vehicle. And the more important part of this question is why? That's a good, that's a, that is a fantastic question. (laughs) Deep, deep Um, thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I'm actually going to, Go with a car that is that I that I own. It is a car that that would be amongst the last I'd sell because if I did, my wife would it would be sending a very strong message to my wife, <laughs> which is my 1960 Aston Martin DB4. Oh, and nice. the reason why is that it's an interesting, fun, and charismatic. It's got performance, but it's not the most nimble or agile thing that's on the road, but it's pretty fun. But it's a little different. It's a little offbeat, but without being completely off the reservation. And it's classic. It, you know, it, it's, it's older. I'd say spiritually, I'm, I was definitely, my, my parents always said that I was born a 40-year-old man. So <laughs> I, 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 would ha- I would have to go with something that's not newer. But it's, it's, a, little bit of a, it's a little bit of a bare-knuckle brawler in a, in a, uh, in a Savile Row suit. It, yeah. it's, it's got a little bit of an edge to it and a fun edge. So I'm in an interesting edge. So that's, that's kind of where I'd go. Nicely said. Yeah, love those vehicles. And of course, the, the version of that, probably one of my all-time favorites, is the Zagato body version of the DB4, of which is just insane. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned that car because, of course, we know James Bond with the DB5. And I just last night watched the new uh, newest James Bond movie. Um, my wife was up with our new grandson and daughter and spent the night there. And so I had a boy's night with popcorn and watched the James Bond because I knew she wouldn't watch it. Not her, not her thing. And of course, watching the the old uh, DB5 they had in that version get all crinkled up and machine guns and all the fun stuff that it brings James <laughs> Bond and Aston Martin. But they had a couple other uh, versions or another version of the Aston Martin on that show or in that movie as well, which I thought was interesting. Kind of brought back a car that was in another previous film. So yeah, the Aston Martin's beautiful. The DB4, just stunning. So, uh, and I like better the way you described it as it relates to you. So nicely done. That that uh, trips some people up, that question. How about a great book that you've read and enjoyed that you'd like to share with us today? Oh man, this is... You got me on this one. So it's funny. I, I look back and see the amount of screen time I have. I know. It's killing. Reading Apple, reading Apple News. <laughs> it's killing our, like book, that. our book knowledge and reading. It really is. It is. And, and I mean, I have, a, I have a pretty sizable library of car books that, that allow me, you know, that, that allow me to research the things that, that I'm buying and, and you know, with, with that, without, that, without that information. And a lot, a lot of that information still is in the books. It's not on the internet. So it is important to have, to have those books. So, but I mean, there, those aren't the kind of things that I'll just sit there and go for a, go for a fun read with. 
I guess the the thing I could uh, thing I could plug, which was which was fun, was um, my 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 buddy Matt's book, uh, Man in His Car, Matt Ronick's book. It was uh, just a you know a fun fun interesting thing, um, just a, a different a different look at the way that the way that people who and some of them not not necessarily even car people, but or the way that we would consider people who we would consider car people, but the way that they interface and love their individual cars. So I, 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 I very much enjoyed that. What, um, what's the title of the book? You said it's at the, the a author? man in his car, a man in his. Okay. Got it. Okay. A man in his car. I haven't read yeah, that by, book by Matt Ronick. Okay. You, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to send you a copy. I, wow. I have, uh, I have, I have a couple. There you go. That'd be very kind of you. Well, I'm going to allow you to go on the ultimate drive. So I am like your dream come true. Money's no object here at cars. Yeah. I've got a huge checkbook and I'm going to buy you any car in the world. I'm going to let you drive it anywhere in the world and you can be with anyone living or deceased, which opens up the avenue of interesting passengers. Or maybe you want to be the passenger and this other individual's driving. It doesn't really matter. What does that ultimate drive look like for a guy like you, Matthew, who's probably driven a lot of very cool cars? Uh, yeah, I'm really fortunate to have driven in some pretty spectacular places. You know, I would say that, well, first off, I'm going to disclaim that wherever in this this hypothetical that that can, can we can we go with the road being shut down do whatever you want yeah the, again right, the checkbook is massive here so whatever you'd like to do the the times that i've done the stelvio pass have always been simultaneously beautiful but incredibly frustrating because you inevitably get stuck behind some a motorhome or a trailer idiot a caravan yeah <laughs> exactly some someone in a caravan or some opal or some fiat or something that's just chugging along at 10 miles an hour with a with a huge you know, with a huge line behind them so i would love to be able to do that unfettered in some i don't know like a ferrari like some crazy 70s or you know maybe a 70s or 80s car, like you know a Ferrari 512s or something something psychopathic, but um, <laughs> with headsets on and with Mark and I'd like to uh, I'd like to chat with Mark Donahue. Oh he's, yeah. Um, sure. In terms in terms of racers, he's sort of I, I, I identify between him. It's really between him and Phil Hill. Um, that those those two in terms of the ra- in terms of race car drivers are, are guys I really identify with. And would really enjoy spending time with, you know, and really enjoy spending time with. I mean, Phil Hill was a real renaissance man, a, a truly kind and passionate and cerebral person. So I would really enjoy being able to get into his head and um, that would be fantastic. And Mark Donahue being the real, real engineering brain would be a lot of fun as well. So I, I would enjoy both of those. Sounds like fun. Gosh, it's been decades. I think it was the mid-90s last time I was on that roadway. And luckily, it was a winter time. There weren't many people. So uh, got to have a little spirited nice. fun there in a Porsche 911, nice. which was really cool. But uh, to be with Mark Donahue or Phil Hill uh, would be very, very cool. Well, you've taken us on a really fun ride today. That last one was probably the best part. Uh, but you are having fun in what you're doing. And it's so great to learn more about your business. Before I let you go, could you share a inspirational thought, mantra, success quote with us, perhaps? I'm going to give you two. Okay. So a dear, dear friend and a very good client told me early on, conduct with wit. 
Mm. I, I really enjoy that one. And then I am going to say what I frequently say to clients, friends, collectors, et cetera, which is cry one. <laughs> you get the best possible thing you can, you can afford and cry about it one time. Because if you do buy the best thing, usually when you spend, when, when you spend up and you get, and you spend beyond what you were hoping to spend, you'll be upset that you did that. But in the end, it'll be the, it'll be the best money that you did spend. Getting the best car always, always pays off in the end. Yeah. So yeah. as I like to say, cry once. <laughs> it sounds like something that Bruce Meyer would say. <laughs> I think I've heard him say that Perhaps. in a different way in the past. Yeah, but it's always the best thing that you can do is buy the best you can possibly afford. And even if you've got to tip up a little of that, uh, yeah, you'll be sad once, but you won't be sad in the long run. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, listeners, you can learn more about Matthew at his website, thecultivatedcollector.com. I encourage you to follow him on Facebook and Instagram. I'll put links to those sites on his show notes page. And a thank you shout out to your uh, cohort there, Graham Ware, who has brought us together today. Really, Graham did a great job of connecting us and making this whole show happen. So, Graham, thank you very much. Matthew, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise. You and I could talk cards forever until you and I talk again, my friend. I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate it. Looking forward to talking again soon. Absolutely. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah! Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.